Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Izzy Klein has barely graduated from college, broken up, sort of, with her boyfriend, and is stranded in New York City with a bad case of pre-real-world millennial-itis. Unsure of her next step, her, uh, her movie star little sister Sabrina convinces her to move to Los Angeles and into a shared apartment with a movie star boyfriend, Sebastian, where she can keep an eye on her rudderless Izzy. And that is the setup to this uh, wonderful comedy uh, called The Year of Spectacular Men. And we're honored to have with us today um, the director of this film. That would be Leah Thompson. Leah, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I set it off mic, but it, this is a fun film. It looks like it was... a. Uh, a labor of love, uh, and I guess at the outset we should let everyone know that uh, your two daughters, uh, Madeline Deutsch and Zoe Deutsch, are your daughters, and they are the two leads in the film. And uh, so I, when I say a labor of love, it was in many ways for you a labor of love. Tell me a little bit about how the story came to be. How did you, the script, I know where it came from, but let our listeners know where, it's, where the, all the origins of the story are for uh, the Year of Spectacular Men. Well, you know, film school people will love this because it kind of started as a conversation in the car. Uh, Madeline was like, uh, I, I was like, we were like, we should do a movie together. We were all kind of frustrated because no one would give us exactly the jobs we wanted. So we should do a movie together. And Mad- Madeline had been talking about all this terrible year she's had and how rudderless she felt. And I said, well, why don't you write a movie? And she said, well, if I did, it would be called The Year of Spectacular Men. And I was like, that's great. We looked at each other and we were like, that's a great title. And, you know, it might seem like because we're in Hollywood and I've been here forever and Zoe is a movie star, my husband's a director, that it would all seem really easy. But it wasn't. It was very difficult. Um, First of all, Maddie wrote the script. Like, she started it and she worked on it for five or six months. She finished it and she gave it to me, and it was amazing. And that's an that's an accomplishment. That's like something I could never do. I mean, well, hopefully I'll do someday, but <laughs> it's it's hard and yeah. it's hard to do. And she did it, and it was wonderful. And um, so then I said, "Can I direct it?" And of course, we we wanted Zoe and Avin Jogia, who plays Zoe's boyfriend, was her boyfriend at the time, and we she wrote parts for all of us and. We all wanted to do something together, and we hang out a lot. So, so part of the casting was done, and it still took us two years to get the money, to get the right producers that could find the money. And um, because it was, uh, it was a female comedy, a female-fronted young mm. comedy, and people just—they didn't care that Maddie hadn't hardly done very many movies, but that she wasn't a star. They just cared that it was a female comedy, and that was the part that really threw them. So it took us that long to find the right producers, and when we did, we still didn't believe them. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah, we got the money. I think we got, we got the money. <laughs> I had to, like, convince Maddie to do a rewrite and, and go. And even at that, it was a very ambitious script because we had four seasons. Yeah. We had four different major cities. We had six 
leading men to find, and we had something like 40 music cues and, mm-hmm. you know, like crazy things like that. Like to f- try to do that on this budget always seems impossible, but we had a great producer who somehow made it happen. I don't know how. So by, uh, how many, by crook. Yeah. How many shooting days did you have on this? We had 19 in Oof. Los Angeles, and then we had uh Two in Lake Tahoe, two in San Francisco, and two in New York City. It was really so hard to pull off. <laughs> 20, yeah, twenty about twenty five shooting days. Yeah, yeah. And, and for uh, and this to me, I, I mean, I think I don't know how you would characterize the film, but it, it's an independent, it's an indie film, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that is about the number. And I, I mean, it, it's I, I, having come from large productions, uh, you, you know, in your career. And I've, you've probably shot on some smaller budget films as well, but what is Millions. that? What, yeah, what is that like in terms of uh, what's the sort of cultural difference? Describe what is that difference like for you as an actor? And well, as, it's a lot different because you know there's just so many people. And one of the good things about it is, and what I've always loved about doing independent movies is that they you feel like you're actually really expressing the honest real vision yeah. of the writer of the director that it hasn't been watered down a million times like say back to the future that wasn't super watered down because they had Steven Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis and they weren't you know the studio wasn't going to start telling them what to do but for the most part there's a lot of people that are telling you how to be and what to do and you know that person shouldn't do that and girls don't talk like that, and blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever they want to tell you. The, the, your, the, vision, the original vision gets really watered down mm-hmm. in rewrites and different people writing. So um, it's, a, it's a different experience. But I have to tell you something that I think is super interesting, having been in the business for 37 years, in the movie business specifically. Um, it's changed a lot because of film school. When I first started directing, there were very few people that came, that were in the crew that had came out of film school. There were some directors that have come, had come out of film school, but the film schools were much, there were very few of them and few people coming out of them. And now, um, and the people on the crews were mostly kind of born into it, like their dad was a boom man, and their uncle was a grip, and a, you know, and they kind of came at it that direction, mm-hmm. not really as part of a film. Film It was more like just like they were in a union instead of being part of the, the filmmaking process. So I first started noticing I would do like a little independent non-union movies, and I would, I would start working with all these young people out of film school, you know, say in like Atlanta or in, you know, Florida or like you know different mm-hmm. places like that and I would notice that it was all of a sudden started to feel really different because these people were had tried all kinds of different jobs and they had they understood the way them they felt like filmmakers like everyone was making a film together and then gradually those people from the non-union movies graduated into the unions and it's really reshaped our industry and I think made filmmaking easier and better and faster because the crews come out of film school and they maybe thought they were going to be a director, but they're not a director, that they're a sound man or a mixer or a uh, DP or a camera operator, but they 
understand the business in a much deeper way. And I really think it's improved our business and made um, the product much better. And, you know, maybe they'll spend like five years as a camera operator, but then they'll become a DP and then a director, you know, or an editor, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really been a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, and, yeah, and what you're describing from the the past is a kind of a club of sorts, where uh, or very clubby, maybe that's a better way to put it. And you're right, and you know, technology certainly had an impact in that uh, people can pick up an iPhone and make a movie now. So that has mm-hmm. that has given people experiences that they wouldn't have had in the past, at mm-hmm. least in terms of seeing what they shoot and then being able to look at it and critique it and make it better and all that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You're, I couldn't agree more, and that's really the thrust of what I try to do every week on this show is uh, is shine a light on people who are making films that matter to them. Mm-hmm. They they may not make a lot of money, but we're seeing a vision, and that's what I see in your film. I see a vision. I see I see a lot of uh, uh, your, your film is a very positive uh, film. I, I, it's a lot of fun to watch, and I felt like uh, this is the film you wanted to make. Yeah, I really was. I mean, there's a couple things maybe I would have liked to change, but um, there were some. <laughs> but yeah, it was a film that I wanted to make, and it was a film that the, my writer wrote. That yeah. this is what she, the story she wanted to tell. It's a little bit complicated because it's my daughter and it's her love life and all of that. But I felt like it's so rare to see a movie written by a 23 year old, yeah. you know, told by a 23 year old. Um, that that I. You know, personally, when I was an ingenue, and I was a famous ingenue, I did Back to the Future, of course. I did All the Right Moves. Yeah. I did Howard the Duck. I did um, Some Kind of Wonderful. wonderful yeah, yeah. Red Dawn. Yeah. Every single one of those words was written by a man, an older man. And, um, you know, I had to try to be like, okay. But that that experience of actually making, of being able to really honor the writer, which is something I learned from my husband. He, he Howard Deutsch, he directed Pretty in Pink and mm-hmm. Some Kind of Wonderful and The Great Outdoors and The Replacements. Um, he's always, admi- you know, tried to find good writing and really protect it. And that's what I tried to do with Madeline and try to protect her vision. And at the same time, uh, temper it with my knowledge of film and what what makes something interesting and appealing and poignant and funny. Yeah. We're speaking with Leah Thompson. She is the director of the new film coming out today, on, um, and that's The Year of Spectacular Men. And as we just alluded to, written by her daughter, Madeline Deutsch, and also as well Zoe Deutsch, who plays the sister, her sister, and... Um, you, your background in directing, if I'm reading cor- this correctly, has been in television mm-hmm. prior to coming into this. Is your first feature film? Have I somehow missed? Is this, yes, yeah. yes, this is my first feature. I made, I had a great beginning. I got to make uh, two TV movies for the Hallmark Channel, and, um, and they were really big budget TV movies. They were, at the time, they were like million five or something like that, and shot, I got to shoot them on film. They were kind of action-y, drama-y, and so that was a great way to learn because it was a little bit like an independent film in mm-hmm. the sense that we had to use make a lot of different locations, and, you know, I had to tell the story that from start to finish. But I've also, um, uh, you know, I love doing episodic TV because I really like the different, trying to learn from different styles. Mm-hmm. Um 
and that's exciting. I hope someone gives me like a special effects TV show to direct. Well, well, with the, with the with there's so much going on, and there's so many now, uh, new platforms now with Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and now YouTube has stepped into the uh, the fray. I just interviewed Doug Lyman today, mm-hmm. and he's doing a, a, a an episodic uh, a series called Impulse. Mm-hmm. Is that something you would want to do? Would you want to do kind of a longer? It's really a long form movie. Would you want to do something like that? No, I'd love to. I would love to. I mean, I, I you know, you get you get. Uh, super addicted to the, you know, to being able to, like, formulate the ideas. I just, you know, be able to have your voice heard. And it was really weird because I just did a pilot as an actor for Fox, and it was so scary to go back to that. Like, you know, I think, like, maybe, oh, wait, you don't care about my opinion, you know? <laughs> and I would just kind of slink away. <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, I have learned so much. It feels weird to not be able to at least have someone listen to my opinion, you know, about things, because I really, I've had such a beautiful education in in the arts. I mean, I started as a dancer. I'm a right. singer. I'm a, I've done all kinds of budget movies, all different styles, yeah. and uh, all st- different you, kinds of TV. You started out as a ballerina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I I lo- I'd love to shoot a, a dance film or a musical. I mean, I really think that I would be good at it. I really understand movement and how to shoot it. And, uh, yeah. I, I get it. Let's go back to the year of spectacular men because working with your daughters, mm-hmm. and you're in the film. Mm-hmm. So the sort of the, the sort of the logistics, the the sort of the dynamic onset dynamics. Um, what is that they, for? I, you know, they actually really had a great chemistry, which we weren't sure. I mean, you're really never sure about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that they, we, we're, we're different. You know, obviously, I, I, I'm a very different character than the one they create. We create. She, Maddie, created really different characters than the people are actually. Okay. Um, you know, she's definitely the big sister. She's, she's the kind of rock. In, in their kind of relationship. But what was really great was someone told me that one thing that women don't do enough is to take up partners, to take on partners when they want to do something. And men naturally understand that better than women, and that's really, really important in all business. And so when we took each other on as partners, we really all lifted each other up in they taught me so much about myself. They gave me strength when I felt weak and it sounds like a song or something. When I thought, oh, I can't do this, they said, yes, you can. And we gave each other jobs that no one else would give. And that was a really cool thing about working with them. I, I mean, I honestly felt like I learned as much from them as I did as they learned from me. You know, and it was mostly about hard work and just persevering, yeah. taking one step at a time, which is something, you know, Every, you know, if you want to get anything done, you have to start taking little steps every single day. Mm-hmm. The the film I was, as I was watching, I was trying to sort of give, I want to give the audience a sort of an idea of the kind of film it is. It's, like I said, it's a comedy. It's about relationships. And in the, and in the telling of the relationships, the characters that are interacting with, um, with Sabrina and with Izzy, I, I was trying to think of sort of cinematic references and one film that sort of jumped out at me, it's sort of, there's a there's the New York part of it, or the relationship part of it, which sort of feels like the New York part of it in a way, 
mm-hmm. is a sort of a I'll say a Woody Allen film. It's, it, I don't know, who, who would you sort of g- to give a reference point of reference? Uh, that's so nice. And people are always like freaked out when I tell them this because that was the way I wanted it to look. I wanted it to look like Annie Hall. Right. That was my visual reference that the DP so beautifully managed to accomplish with, you know, $100 and a bunch of anamorphic lenses. <laughs> Um, he somehow made it happen, yeah. and uh, and that's so nice that you bring it up because you know people are like, well, you know, Woody Allen did this and Woody Allen did that, and should we all hate them, hate him now. But the truth is, he he made such beautiful, great movies, and yeah. we also, you know, Maddie did the score, and um, we because we had so little money, and she took some of the songs that she had already written and the themes that she had already written, and she had them uh she scored them in jazz so there's through the movie there's these jazz renditions of her themes and that also kind of gives it that feeling that new york feeling that kind of woody allen feeling yeah but we didn't use a clarinet right that would have been going too far (laughs) well and and in in terms of tone i'm sort of thinking of recent movies because uh they're the 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 film that kind of jumps to mind in terms of sort of her character of Izzy and the way that the world sees her as opposed to the way she actually is reminds me of Easy A. Oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah, she has okay. a little bit of there. There's a sort of an Emma Stone kind of character mm-hmm. in nice. in this film, and that people see her differently than she actually is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of what came to mind when I was watching the film, which I loved Easy. I thought it was a great film, and uh, so I, and I like the tone. And again, it's all kind of all hinges on your ability, your as a viewer, you know, buying into her character. And and I like the growth in her character because for the first, I'll say third, maybe half the film, she has there's a certain unhinged, un unmoored uh, aspect to her character. But about the midway point, we start to see her kind of get serious about her life because she's seeing things around her and the relationships she has with her sister and with her mom and with her boyfriends or her boyfriends. So we start to see her get serious, but in a very subtle way. I thought the way she was able to handle that part of the story, the arc of her character, by the end, she feels very, I don't want to give too much away, but she feels very grounded by the Mm, end of the film. That's nice. That's nice. I'm glad you could feel that. Yeah, and that's what Maddie and I, we had lots of conversations about the writing, and she was very strong about what she wanted, you know, what, how she, how, I mean, because the end, like, is not, is subtle and not subtle, the way things are revealed, they're not right. totally revealed, and I think that she she felt really strongly about the writing, and I tried to honor that, and I love how film has graduated into this, you know, that quote-unquote dramedies have graduated into this place where you can have a movie and not exactly tell people when they're supposed to laugh and when they're supposed to cry and kind of let them find their own way. And that's been my experience with watching this movie uh, with audiences and, you know, I, trust me, I know how to like, you know, like, you know, you can... And people, to some extent, like that. They like to be kind of led to what's the sad part and what's the happy part, you know. But I like that this film is kind of subtle that way, and that's the way she wanted it. Well, well, congratulations. 
Well, Leah Thompson, you. on the film, on your work as a director, now a feature film director, continue your your work in TV, and something will come along. I, I feel like this is a, a it's a it's a fun, enjoyable, likable film. And, uh, I, you know, when you do something, ne- the next time you do something, I hope you'll come back on the show. I'd love to talk to you a little more film-centric conversation, maybe, because we did talk about it, but not to the extent. So, so soon. Sorry. So, no, 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 not at all. I didn't mean it that way at all. It has been, it's really, it's been a pleasure. And uh, congratulations on this film. Congratulations on all your success as an artist. And thank uh, and uh, thank you so much. Again, the film is The Year of Spectacular Men, and we've been speaking with the director of that film. That's Leah Thompson. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.